This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everybody. So good to be with you here, Harbor at Home. I just love these times as we gather together and engage with one another on a deeper, uh, smaller, more intimate level to have conversation around the Word of the Lord. So today, as I share, we're in this Knowing God series, and I believe the message that I'm going to speak to you today, honestly, if someone were to ask me, share one thing with me out of any of the things you could share, this would probably be it, because I think it's just the the foundation and the base of the gospel. And if we could understand that in the blood of Jesus, there's the capacity, the ability, uh, the provision for complete transformation of a life, I think we would uh, see uh, the kingdom of God expand over the earth like like never before. So we're going to jump right into that this morning. I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. This is out of the Passion Translation. Paul is going to be speaking to us, and mind you, here's the man who wrote the majority of the New Testament. So he penned the majority of the contextual New Testament church gospel. And here was a guy that was very religious um, prior to his sincere and true conversion. So he was able to see the power of what it meant to operate in the flesh or in his own ability or in his own strength. And the difference between that to truly dying to himself and being resurrected in newness of life in Christ. And so look at this with me in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And you're going to see the language right along the lines of our whole sermon series in this verse. He says, And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus. Here it is. I, I long to know him, the wonders of this one. And more fully, know Him. So it's, a, it's, it's just a continual greater knowing, you know, revelation as, as He was to continue in life. And He says, and to continue to experience the overflowing power of His resurrection working in me. Wow. So this is the longing of this man's heart. This is the cry of his heart. I think it's the cry of every human being, ultimately, that we're, we're programmed by God to, to have a, a vacuum, a, a hole that, that longs to know Jesus, who is the uh, firstborn of many brethren, revealing to us the Father, that, that is our creator, our, our, our life source, where we came from. And Paul says, I will be one with him in his sufferings. Some versions say the fellowship of his sufferings. And I'll be one with him in his death. Now, what's amazing with, with just as I look at the, the word of the Lord, this whole phrase, one with him, some, some again, versions say fellowship, it's, it's the Greek word koinonia, which is, is the most intimate term in the entire Bible. It, it literally would be synonymous with, with physical intimacy between a husband and a wife. So, he, so, so, so talk about union, talk about oneness. He, he's saying, this is, is what I long to know, Jesus and to experience his overflowing flowing resurrection power. But the way that I'm going to get there is to be unified with him, one with him, intimate with him in his sufferings and in his death. 
Wow, that is profound. So look at the gospel here in chapter uh, 8, verse 34 of Mark. And Jesus is kind of rolling out this whole concept that Paul just expounded on in the verse that we just, we just looked at in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. But Jesus summons a crowd here in verse 34, along with his disciples, and gathered uh, them to get around uh, him. And he, and he said to them, if you truly want to follow me, or if you truly want to know me, it's probably a better way of saying it, you should listen to the language here, at once completely disown your life. Talking about the life that you once had. He's, he's setting this up for, for, for New Testament gospel post his resurrection. And you must be willing to share my cross, which we all know is an instrument of death. Um, the most you know, horrific way to die at the time under the Roman Empire. And experience this death as your own. As you continually surrender to my ways or relinquish who you once were before knowing me. To deny or to disown your life, it's the Greek word apotheme, which means to utterly deny one's old self. Where you say basically, that is no longer the person who I am. I have now become a new creation where life has been found. He says in verse 35, For if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually, this is Mark chapter 8, verse 35, you will continually experience true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will for, forfeit what you're trying to keep. Now we know that this is where actually Paul was in his religious attempt to know God. He was... He was keeping his old life without realizing that, man, he had to die with Christ, that the person that he was, even as this religious human being, just wasn't going to make it in the, in the gospel, the transformative gospel that Jesus had for him. Some years ago, um, I had a friend, and he was telling me this dream that he had with Jesus right prior to his conversion, and his, 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 his real born-again experience with Jesus, where he was standing on top of the water with the Lord, like on, on top of this ocean, top of this body of water. And he was looking into the eyes of love. He said it was the most profound, powerful experience that he's ever had. And as he's looking into the eyes of love, the creator of love himself, Jesus, he begins to sink down into the water. And as he's sinking, he can't control or stop the progression of him going into the water, and he's reaching up for Jesus to help him, to save him. And the Lord doesn't reach down back. In fact, he says, I need you just to trust me. Now, as he's going deeper and deeper, and now water's beginning to, to come into his mouth and fill his lungs, he says it again, I need you to trust me. With those same eyes of love looking at him. And as he goes into the water, begins to inhale all of the fluid into his lungs and take his final breath under the water, he dies. And as soon as he dies, boom, he finds himself popped right back up on the top of the water. And the Lord speaks to him. And he says, Brad, because you were able to trust me with your life in death, 
I will be able to trust you out of death with my life. Such a profound thought, such a profound uh, thing to consider. Like as we pause here for just a minute, moment, we have to grab a hold of the fact that to know God in his death is the only way to know him in the power of his resurrected life. This is the whole being dead to self, dead to who we once heard, were, and alive in Christ. You see, a lot of times religion can prop this thing up where we think, oh man, um, you know, I've come to know Jesus, my sins are forgiven. And if you remember, Paul, even with the Galatians, he says, who has bewitched you? He says, you were born again unto the Spirit. And now you think that you're going to be made perfect through uh, the work of the flesh or the old nature of who you are or who you once were. He's, he's, he's calling the church out on this. And, and so often this is the methodology that we take pre-Jesus or sometimes even post-Jesus. I think a good majority of the church doesn't realize that they're actually dead men and women, dead sons and daughters that have been resurrected in newness of life. Who they once were doesn't actually even exist anymore. Again, Paul says that, you know, that, man, this is who I want to know. I, I want to be intimately acquainted with death in Christ, for he was crucified for me before the foundations of the earth. I was actually crucified with him before I was even born. This is my original, um, uh, you know, identity and how I'm actually brought into the person that God's always created and longed for me to be. Because as we know him in this way, where we're no longer alive to the person that we once were and we've been resurrected into this new person because of the blood of Jesus. You know, see, all things died in that, in that grave. That's even when we get baptized in the water. It's symbolic of that watery grave that, that, that we went into in terms of knowing Jesus. And as we came up out of that thing, we're a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. And only in that place are we truly able to love others. Look at what 2 Corinthians says, because this is so important, because in our... Harbor at home culture, we're, we're gathering together in smaller uh, groups to receive from one another, to, to share life with one another. All of those things, I think it's, it's, a, it's a space that strengthens our discipleship capacity. And at the same time, ultimately, we're called to give this away to other people. But sometimes we, we, we get so insulated in our walk with Jesus and, and the life that we've now discovered that we forget or we separate ourselves from the very people that have been given this same gift, that have been extended the same invitation, that have, been, that have been invited in to the new life experience. The gospel is for every single human being that's been you know, created in the image of God. So we have to give it away. It's not just receiving and sharing, it's giving. Look what Paul says. Paul's big on this, by the way. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, we'll look at these verses, um, 16 through 18 and following. He says, so from then on, from now on, from, from now on, we have a new perspective. 
because of what's happened to us, that we refuse to evaluate people by merely their outward appearance. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, or Jesus himself. But no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Do you remember John, the one closest to knowing Jesus in the natural, in, 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 in the time that he walked this earth and, and hung out with the, the apostles, when he was taken you know, up in the spirit to, to this resurrected one who now is reigning over all things. When he sees him, he falls on his face like a dead man because he's like, my goodness, I, I, had, I had limited perception of who this one really is. He is reigning in preeminence. He is perfect. He is sinless. He is all-powerful. This seed... Christ in us, the hope of glory, is, is, is what we actually carry and is what is potential for other people to carry. But we look at them through a lens of, oh, they're broken or, oh, they're you know, in, in a life of sin or, oh, they're away from God or, oh, they can't see. That's exactly where we were. In verse 17, look what he says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, if anyone is enfolded, Here's that intimacy word again. Into Christ. He has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. There's the gospel right there. There it is. Like, do we really believe that? Do we really utterly deny because here's what you're going to ask me. Well, Darren, what about when I mess up? Well, that's when you utterly deny. That's when you say you don't take that identity on. You don't just accept that as now the lifestyle that you're, well, everybody's going to have to live this. No, you instantly say, that's not who I, I am anymore. That person is dead. I, I am now, I am now been enfolded into Christ and, and, and everything that was old is vanished and and everything is fresh and new in my life. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to be that person. And then you run into God's presence. You run before the throne of grace where there's help in a time of need. You run to other people that are walking out and living out the same gospel versus someone's going to pat you on the back and just say, hey, yeah, you know, we're all kind of there. We're all going to struggle with addiction. All of our marriages, they're probably going to be broken. You know, all of, all of our issues that we had before Jesus, we're just going to have to fight those uh, until the, the day we die. Listen, that's not good news. That's not good news. Jesus didn't pay for us just to go to heaven. He paid for heaven to come into the earth through us now to give us life and life abundantly. There's, there's none of that language that I see in the New Testament. None of it but this is what we've taught inadvertently, or this is what we've believed. Verse 18, And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and has given us, here it is, the ministry of reconciliation. But we wonder, okay, first of all, people are looking at the church and, and for years and years saying, man, I don't see anybody whose lives have really been transformed because we haven't understood the gospel. You know, that is an issue. That's an indictment. And Jesus is wanting to get full recompense for what he paid for. 
Matthew chapter 24, verse verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom, the rule of the Father shall be preached, not just with words, but with actions throughout the entire world. And then the desired aim of the Father will come. We've preached the gospel of salvation, which which is part of it. We have been saved. You know, we have been rescued, but not just rescued. We've been brought into a whole new reality. We were talking the other day about, you know, plans for Easter and this whole concept of from the grave to the garden. This Graves, really. I mean, everybody was in a grave, and now we've been brought into a beautiful new garden that's flourishing with life. But we can't give away, where I was going with this, is we can't give away what we haven't already received for ourselves. So that's why to know him, Paul says, in his death is the only way that we'll know him in his resurrection. You can't be resurrected unless you've died, like the dream of my friend. We have to trust him in that death. That's Listen, here's we're, we're, everything's coming right to the crescendo here. That's where you have to relinquish control. That's where you truly trust. In fact, you don't have a relationship with anybody unless you fully trust where you're completely vulnerable. We try to take it all into our own hands. That's what Peter did. Lord, I'm going to make makes all these promises. And then he's, he's operating the power of his own strength. Last verse, and then a couple of questions for you to ponder and converse about as we wrap up our Harbor Home Groups today. 2 Corinthians 5.21, probably you should just write this out and put this everywhere in your house, in your car, wherever you need to. Meditate on this verse day and night. It is the summation of the gospel and everything that I'm talking about. Paul says, For God made the only one, talking about Jesus, who did not know sin to become sin for us. In fact, all the sin of the world, which is the missing of the mark, not us living to our intended purposes that God desired for us to live, which in the original creation with Adam and Eve, we were to live forever. Sin is what corrupts. Sin is what breaks things down. Sin is what ultimately brings death. So the life giver had to take all of this on himself and die. He became sin for us. So that, look what he says, we who did not know righteousness, perfection, might become the righteousness or the perfected ones of God through our, here it is, union with Him. Wow. That is what we're called to know, to know, to know. And it's, it's what. God is wanting to bring to the church, I believe at this very moment in human history in fullness, all of the equipping, Ephesians chapter four, is that we might grow in the knowledge of God. And in growing in the knowledge of God, it's really understanding this beautiful good news that he came to give us. Here's some questions as we end. What is your current hindrance to becoming this entirely new creation that God intended for you to be. What is it? Is it, wow, Darren, I never even knew that was theology. I didn't even know that was the, the Bible, really. I've interpreted it a completely different way. Maybe that's the, the, the thing that's kept you. Maybe 
when you've messed up, you haven't utterly denied that being the person that you truly aren't anymore and, and, and running to the Lord. Maybe you've ran away in shame. I don't know. That's a, that's a question for you to answer because it's really important. Second question, how is this affecting your ability to truly love others? Because it will. There's no way you can love yourself unless you've received the fullness of that love for you, which is son, daughter, everything's been paid for. Son or daughter, I've taken it all upon myself. Son or daughter, you have died with me. Son or daughter, you've been resurrected with me. Son or daughter, you have permission now to live in completely new life. And the person you once were no longer exists. Take up that instrument of death every day. Utterly deny the person that you once were. Agree with who you now are. Listen, God bless you guys as you have your time together in your group. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.